This is Tech News for MBAs. I'm Professor Paul Canetti. It is February 5th, 2021. In case you're tuning in for the first time, welcome to Tech News for MBAs. This is a new weekly podcast where we cover the top stories in tech and do it through the lens of a business student or really anyone who is business-minded looking to learn more about technology. And this is really an extension of my classroom. I'm an adjunct assistant professor at Columbia Business School in New York City. And for the last few years, at the beginning of every one of my classes, we do the week in tech news and cover these headlines and open a discussion to the classroom. These are big lecture classes, usually between 70 and 100 students. And so this podcast is really just sort of bringing that to a wider audience. You know, it's funny, Monday of this week, I was starting to think, hmm, I wonder if anything really big is going to happen in tech this week. Like, what should be the big headline for this week? There were some updates on last week's GameStop madness and statements by the Robinhood CEO, which were made during an impromptu interview by Elon Musk on the new social app Clubhouse that we talked about, which is really a nice mashup of headlines from the past couple of weeks. Anyway, on Tuesday, boom, we got our leading headline for the week, Jeff Bezos stepping down as CEO of Amazon. We'll talk about that in a second, but first, I have an ask. Right now, I am ranked number nine on Apple Podcasts if you search for tech news. Three weeks ago, I was somewhere in the hundreds. Four weeks ago, this podcast didn't exist. So I don't see myself overtaking the Wall Street Journal anytime soon for the number one slot, but a few more ratings and reviews, and I do think I could break the top five. If you are listening in the podcast app right now, this will take you like 10 seconds to leave a rating. I can wait. Thank you for doing that. And now into our tech news. Amazon announced that its founder and CEO, Jeff Bezos, will be stepping down as CEO to be replaced by Andy Jassy, currently the CEO of Amazon Web Services. It is really hard to overstate how big of an event this is within the world of tech and how rare it is. This is akin to when Bill Gates left Microsoft, but that was different because Bill Gates had not been the CEO of Microsoft for quite some time, even at that point. Larry Page stepped down as CEO of Google to be replaced by Sundar Pichai. But there was something about Larry Page where he wasn't sort of synonymous with the Google brand. And he actually had not been CEO for a very long time there in the middle. Eric Schmidt had been CEO of Google. The only thing that I can think of that this feels like is actually when Steve Jobs passed away and Tim Cook became the CEO of Apple. Obviously, that was a different circumstance with a different set of emotions involved. But it is rare that you have a company that is so synonymous with a founder Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook, for instance, or maybe Reed Hastings with Netflix or other sort of contemporaries. But Jeff Bezos is Amazon. He created Amazon 27 years ago. This was 
just as the internet was emerging, most of us hadn't even used it yet. Some of you weren't even born yet. Bezos, who is one of the wealthiest people in the world, him and Elon Musk oscillate between the number one and number two spots, hovering somewhere around a net worth of $200 billion. He's probably got other stuff to do. Maybe he doesn't want to deal with the headache of being the CEO of this huge growing company. We'll hear more about how well Amazon is doing right now a little later in this episode. In tandem with this announcement was the announcement that he would be replaced as CEO with Andy Jassy, a veteran of Amazon who has been with Amazon almost since the beginning, who originally came on and reportedly shadowed Jeff Bezos for a long time and was really the key person in convincing Jeff Bezos and the rest of the company to pursue what became Amazon Web Services. And Jassy is currently the CEO of Amazon Web Services, which is just an incredible business in itself. Amazon Web Services helps to power so much of the internet. So many apps and services that we know and love are running on AWS. And Andy Jassy is the guy responsible. Now he will be stepping into the role of CEO of Amazon.com Inc., the parent company of everything Amazon, and Jeff Bezos will be transitioning to executive chair of Amazon's board. So he's not exactly disappearing. He will still be in charge of the board. The board obviously controls a lot of key decisions, including who the CEO is. But my guess is he wants to spend some time on other projects. As a quick reminder, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. Jeff Bezos owns a space exploration company called Blue Origin. Jeff Bezos does philanthropic work, and I hope he does more of that. So I'm sure we'll be hearing from him in a lot of different ways. This is happening in Q3, so we'll talk more about it leading up to that. But it is certainly a major milestone for one of the most important companies in the world. Apple executive Dan Riccio was promoted to senior vice president of hardware engineering to work on a, quote, new project. Apple put out a press release that their former vice president of hardware engineering, Dan Riccio, is now their senior vice president of hardware engineering. Adding senior to the title is not really the story here, but instead it reads that he will transition to a new role focusing on a new project and reporting to CEO Tim Cook. If you're Tim Cook, you are the CEO of the most valuable company on earth. You only have a very small handful of direct reports, and they better be doing really important things. The fact that this is called a new project simply means that Apple doesn't want to tell us what it is yet. But if you look at Dan Riccio's 23-year history with the company, he has helped to build everything from iPhone to AirPods to iPad, all the way going back to the original iMac and everything in between. He's sort of like the engineering equivalent of what Johnny Ive was on the design side. One interesting thing about the way that Apple thinks about new projects is that the teams and the people on those teams are fungible in where they are assigned. And so when they wanted to really put the best people onto the iPhone project, they took them from the Mac. They wanted to launch Apple Watch, so they took them from iPhone and so on and so forth. So if I'm Tim Cook and I have something new brewing that we finally want to make real, then Dan Riccio is probably the guy that we want heading the engineering of that project. 
This news came the same week that it was reported that Apple and Hyundai Kia, the car company, are close to closing a deal where basically Hyundai would be manufacturing the Apple car, if such a car exists, and Apple would be investing a few billion dollars into their business. It totally makes sense to leverage an existing car manufacturer, then try to build it up from scratch, which, for instance, Tesla has done. My read is that Apple likes to do things in-house that only it can do, and things that are fairly commonplace to do, they'd rather give to someone else to do at scale so they can really focus on the key components. Lots of interesting questions about Apple Car. Also, Dan Riccio could be working on a different project that's not Apple Car, but it does sort of seem like the vultures are circling on what internally is known as Project Titan and most likely will be called Apple Car, which, as we've talked about on an earlier podcast episode, probably won't hit the market for at least another three, four, five years. But with Apple, you never really know. We're going to talk more about Amazon and Google as well as they both release their financial earnings this week. How did they do? We will find out in 15 seconds after this message about our sponsor, Bounce House. Bounce House helps you sell one-on-one sessions and group classes online built for one-person businesses like personal trainers, yoga instructors, and nutritionists. Bounce House is giving away a thousand free licenses to those affected by the pandemic. Go to bounce.house to learn more. That's bounce.house. Bounce House, sell your service online. Welcome back. Amazon and Google parent company Alphabet both announced their fourth quarter and fiscal year 2020 financial results. Let's start with Amazon. Amazon had a really incredible 2020. It turns out that pandemic living is really good for e-commerce. People ordering things to their homes. I don't know about you, but I was stocking up on all sorts of random stuff in addition to the absurd amount of things that I would normally be ordering on Amazon. Amazon's revenue for Q4 2020 was $125.5 billion. Huge revenue. But the crazy thing is that it was actually up year over year 44%. You just don't expect to see a company that's this old doing this much revenue and still growing at 44% year over year. The profit or what is called net income on that was $7.2 billion. And that number is more than double what we saw a year earlier in Q4 2019. Now you can do some quick mental math and figure out that $7 billion or so on $125 billion is not a lot of profit. Amazon famously did not show a profit at all for many, many, many years and relatively recently started showing numbers above zero. But on a relative scale, this is a very modest profit because they take pride in reinvesting all of what would be their profit back into the business. If we want to talk about profitability, though, we should look no further than their AWS business, which stands for Amazon Web Services. This is their cloud infrastructure business that we were talking about before the break, led by AWS CEO Andy Jassy a.k.a. future Amazon CEO, Andy Jassy. And AWS saw revenue of $12.7 billion, which is up 28% year over year. But the profit on that was $3.5 billion. So four over 13, 
I mean, you're looking at a pretty good margin there. And AWS, that profit of $3.5 billion in Q4 was actually more profit in dollars and cents than the profit from all the rest of Amazon put together. So you can see that Amazon has built not only a great product with AWS, but a really great business. And why Andy Jassy, the guy that built it out, is now going to be trusted to lead the entire company. When we talk about Google Cloud in a minute, you'll be able to compare there as well. Just one more stat from the Amazon report. They now have almost 1.3 million employees. You heard that right. 1.3 million employees at Amazon. That's up 60% over the last 12 months. It's just an insane amount of people to work at a single company. And now let's talk about Google, which is actually a subsidiary of the parent company Alphabet. So these are the earnings for Alphabet. Advertising revenue saw a really big dip in 2020 as a result of the pandemic. A lot of brands just got squeamish and a lot of them got hit because the stores that they would normally sell in weren't being frequented. So sales were down. So they decided to spend less on advertising, which of course is sort of a negative cycle. If you're not advertising, nobody buys. If nobody buys, you don't have any money. If you don't have any money, you don't advertise and so on and so forth. But for this quarter, Q4 2020, Google saw $52.8 billion in revenue, which is up year over year, 23%. On that $52.8 billion in revenue last quarter, they saw a profit of $15.2 billion, which was up 67% year over year. So that's a really big increase. Another metric to keep in mind with Google is something they call TAC. T-A-C stands for Traffic Acquisition Costs. Basically, Google has to pay to get people to use Google search. And so you might think that people just sort of stumble across Google and search, but they're actually paying to acquire those users, just like other businesses pay to acquire their users as well. And so the TAC for the quarter was $10.5 billion, which was up 24% year over year. So think about it. Revenue was up 23%, but the acquisition cost was also up 24%. Kind of makes sense. They pay a lot of money. It was disclosed in a Department of Justice lawsuit last year that Google and Apple have a deal where Google pays Apple up to $12 billion a year to be the default search engine for Safari. You know, if you get an iPhone, you open Safari and you just search something in the address bar, you're using Google and Google's actually paying for that placement. Google broke out their earnings a bit differently than they have in the past into three main categories. Google services, which is basically everything you think of as being Google, including YouTube. Google Cloud, which is their cloud infrastructure offering. And Other Bets, which are all of the other Alphabet companies that are not Google. So when you think of Google services, this is 81% of Alphabet's total revenue. And this is really driven by Google's advertising business. YouTube was up 47% year over year. So that's huge growth for YouTube. Now over to Google Cloud, this was the first time they've broken out Google Cloud. So we can really get a clear picture of what that business looks like. $3.8 billion in revenue for Google Cloud. That's up 46% year over year. Growth is looking really good. Again, remember last week we talked about Microsoft Azure, where revenue was up 50% year over year. And we just talked about AWS. Unlike AWS, which is profitable, Google Cloud lost $1.2 billion on that. So basically, they're spending $5 billion to make $3.8. Presumably, they're putting that into growth, and they're not really optimizing for profit right now. But they're really trying to make up for lost time here as they try to catch up to AWS's lead. 
In the other bets category, just because it's fun to talk about, Alphabet owns a bunch of other companies besides Google. They have DeepMind, which is like their crazy artificial intelligence machine learning stuff. They have a company called Calico, whose mission is to stop the aging process in humans. They have investment companies like Google Ventures, which is a VC firm for startups. Waymo, which is working on autonomous driving. And X, which is really aimed at moonshot technologies, really, really big humanity changing endeavors. Google's come under some scrutiny, Alphabet, I should say, for spending a lot of money on these projects, which, for instance, last quarter only brought in $196 million and lost $1.1 billion on that. However, those losses were down from $2 billion in losses the same time last year. So I do think they're tightening up there. It is interesting that they have all these businesses that after many, many years, they still haven't really found that breakthrough. And their main business is Google search. But of course, I do think YouTube provides a strong second place. Okay, well, that's a wrap on the tech headlines for this week. You know, the past couple of weeks, we've been going over these earnings reports, it's earnings season. We won't always be doing that and getting that technical with the finance numbers, but it's good to familiarize yourself. And it gives you a sense of the scale of some of the companies that we are talking about. And in the prediction game of what are they going to do next? What is Apple's secret project? I mean, you have to be working on something that is going to move the needle on growth at that scale. If you're doing $125 billion a quarter like Amazon, what can you do that is going to really change that number over time? And that is what these companies are doing on a scale that we really have just never seen in all of human history. If you want to hear from me more than once a week, follow me on Twitter at Paul Canetti. I have a simple request for you this and every week, which is to do one or more of the following. Subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend. I'm Professor Paul Canetti. I'll see you next week for more tech news for MBAs. Thank you.